Our service doesn't end after we leave the military. The mission changes, but we still find the need to be of service. What's yours? Listen in as we talk to our guests about their military careers and life after the uniform in their second service. This podcast is sponsored by Fortis et Fidelis, a brand dedicated to honoring the brave and faithful. Make sure to check out fortis-fidelis.com and support the podcast by subscribing to the show and leaving us a five-star review on all the podcast platforms. Now, let's get to the show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Brave and Faithful Podcast. I'm your host, Raiden Dionisio. Uh, today, I have a former Army bomb squad leader. Uh, he is also uh, RBLP, Resilience Building Leadership Professional Trainer, and um, father of five. Father of five, guys. Um, I have none other than Luke Freshwater. What's going on, Luke? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for taking the time, man. Um, you know, we uh, just a background to let our audience know we met through the RBLP uh, you know, uh, program, you were training me, uh, to, you know, to get certified. Um, can you just explain, well, before we go into that though, let's explain to us, uh, your service, your time in the army. I mentioned you were an EOD, uh, bomb squad leader. Uh, how long did you serve for and how was that experience for you? Yeah. So I've, um, I served four years on active duty, as a bomb squad leader, uh, known as Explosive Ordnance Disposal EOD on the military side. So I did, I did that for four years, um, then one tour to Afghanistan supporting the Special Forces guys. Uh, and then after four years, decided I was going to get out and uh, I entered the civilian world. But I stayed in the reserves for basically since then. So I've been in total for a little over 10 years um, service-wise. But, uh, but yeah, the majority of kind of my time spent on active duty was all in the EOD field, super passionate, great, awesome people, learned a ton, best experience I could have had as a, as a young, uh, young man, I guess you could say. So I, I grew a ton during that experience. Was there anything like being in that specific field, right? Um, you know, dealing with explosives, uh, what was kind of like your biggest lessons learned or, uh, you know, takeaways from, from your time with Army EOD? Yeah, well, I think one big thing is, um, so I was on the officer side, and when you come to a unit, especially in EOD, you're going to have enlisted leaders that have been doing uh, the job for decade plus of time, right? And they're yeah. extremely good at what they do, super passionate about it. So when you come in as a young officer at 23, 24 years old, knowing next to nothing, and you think you're a hot shot, um, it's really humbling and really a great leadership experience. I had getting to work with some of these guys that had done multiple, multiple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan and done some pretty incredible things throughout their career. And then I get to come in and then, yeah, I'm their leader, but at the end of the day, um, you have to realize what they bring to the table and learn how to lead people that have been doing something for a really long period of time. And so that taught me a lot on, 
just the, the leadership aspect, right? And it's helped me even in my civilian job now, I'm a sales manager and I'll, I'm, I'll come in to say an, a team and I'll, or I just recently, for instance, hired a team of nine people. And I have people on my team that have been in this field of work for three, four times as long as I have. Yeah. And so I've been able to translate those same skills that I did as a bomb squad leader, where I was leading people that have been, you know, bomb squad leaders for uh, technicians for, you know, 10, 15 years. And so it's the same thing, even on the civilian side, you can translate that skill over and it taught me a lot how to work with people, how to lead people. Um, and a lot of anyone who's listening to this, who's been in the military before knows, you know, the, the officers that I'm talking about that try to come in and tell everybody what to do, right? And everyone gets mad at them. And, you know, they're, they're typically seen as poor leaders and no one listens to what they say and et cetera. So it taught me a lot. And I still use that experience today. I mean, that's one big thing of a lot of other things that I learned in, during my time in the service, for sure. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Luke. Um, you know, being in the Navy as a senior enlisted leader, that's kind of like our responsibility is to train and mentor the the junior officers that are coming up. Uh, you know, to make sure one, you know, obviously that you know they're doing your job uh, professionally and correctly, and then also you know also to help them out, you know, as they advance to their career and how to deal with. Uh, with that dynamic, right? With that dynamic relationship with officer and, and enlisted. So uh, salute to you for, you know, being humble enough to kind of, uh, to, you know, know the situation, right? Like having all that experience and using that experience that you had uh, to gain, you know, to help you become a better leader that you are today. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, so look, uh, you mentioned sales, right? So you're, you were active for four years. Uh, you know, you got out, how did you get into sales? Has that, um, how was that transition for you? Yeah. So I, uh, I work in, uh, pharmaceutical sales and I've been in the urology space basically since, uh, I left active duty. So I, I specifically sell an overactive bladder medication. So I joke that my slogan is from bombs to bladders. <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the doctors that I work with get a kick out of that one. Nice, but um, but no, I um, I just decided I wanted to do something much different and go kind of into the private sector of corporate America and found myself in sales. Didn't specifically pursue that. It's just um, without getting into too much detail, the opportunity opened up. I actually went through um, one of the um, recruiting firms that help officers that are exiting active duty, and they put you in front of tons of different corporate companies. And um, ultimately ended up in pharmaceutical sales and I've been promoted four or five times since I first entered as a sales rep and then made my way into kind of the management side where I'm at now. But uh, the transition, I, I mean, like most, the first couple of years was, was challenging for me as and I've talked to most people, it seems to be the same. I mean, when you go from leading, you know, bomb squad teams in Afghanistan with the cool guys, special forces, right, doing all that fun stuff, and then you exit the military and you're a random lowly sales rep bringing you know coffee to a sales office and getting told that you're not welcome there right <laughs> and so you take a big dose of humble pie and um, you kind of lose a little bit of your sense of purpose for a while at least I know I did it took me a little bit to kind of recalibrate in the first couple of years um, but I think that it really uh, it's important for people to know we all have these certain impressions I think when we leave active duty um, and it just takes a minute sometimes to calibrate on where you're at and, and kind of understand where you want to go. And I know for me, that's what I had to do. And I think some people get there faster than others. 
Um, but, uh, you know, I think you find things that help you along the way, find good mentors. I got into woodworking, uh, during that time, you know, you find some things to, to help yourself out, but, um, but yeah, it's not easy. I don't, I don't, I think anybody that tells you just leave an active duty after doing some pretty intense stuff like that, um, you know, it's never going to be easy. Well, I mean, like you said, right. Going from bombs to bladder, it's like a whole different, uh, environment, you know, um, and then I think the word that you used there was like recalibrating, right? Like, I think that's important. It's like you're going in, into a whole different battlefield, sort of say, right? And uh, it's it's one that you've never been in for 20 plus years if you're, you know, a career military. So it's, it's important to kind of just, um, you know, like you said, recalibrate and kind of just know that it'll, it'll take its time. It'll run its course. And then eventually, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll get back up on your feet and, you know, move forward onto your next mission. So, um, so, uh, Luke, so, you know, mentioned that you were in sales. Um, how long were you you doing that before you were involved with RBLP? Yeah. So I think I've been involved with RBLP now for a year, year and a half, maybe. And, uh, I just, I love the pro they reached out to me a while back when they were first kind of kicking things off. And I just, it's a really good group of folks and leaders within that organization. Uh, many of them former Marines and I love what they stand for. I love the experience that they've, that they've had and they really turned it into a certification that really resounds with me. Resilience is something that's super important from many aspects as both former military, but also as a father of five, like you mentioned, and a husband and all these other things in life. I think that um, we often lack resilience in many areas, uh, whether you're talking about work or families and things like that. So it really resonated with me and getting the opportunity to partner with them and just, um, you know, do it kind of on the side in the evenings with folks, because uh, I get to meet people like yourself, right? When I when I get to do these certifications, people all across the country, and I get to talk about something that I'm passionate about, impact other people on really how to how to build resilient individuals, build resilient teams, and, um, you know, connect with other with other people that are passionate about the same thing. So I've enjoyed doing that and uh, watching people get certified and go off and do, you know, great things in, in their career. Many of those folks are people transitioning from active duty to the civilian side. So I get to you know, also mentor them on my experience and share things that, uh, that help me out. So it's a great organization. It's a great certification. It's growing a lot right now. And so right I'm now switched over to being an authorized training provider. So I offer the training services through my company called resilient leadership solutions, RLS. And so I've kind of, uh, enjoyed doing that and, uh, it's been great. We'll see what happens, you know, over time with it, but right now it's just great connecting with folks and making a positive impact on their life and helping them out. Cause I know it helped me out. Yeah. So, um, can you explain to our audience a little bit about, um, the authorized training partner, because I, I, for me, I recently applied to become one, uh, you know, and was accepted. And for those that don't know, um, can you just explain that process for, for them? Yeah, sure. So when um, RBLP first started off, they were smaller and they would just kind of have instructors that would work for them kind of just part time um, leading leading the training. But as they grow and the same thing happened for those of you that know the PMP certification, um, there's a lot of uh, organizations that go to bases across the U.S. and do PMP training. It's similar to that. It's just PMP has been around for uh, multiple decades now at this point. And they have PMI organization 
Um, so now that now that RVLP kind of got big enough to where they didn't really want to or necessarily uh, can uh, do the training portion, they want to focus on the exam side and the other things. So they need authorized training providers like myself that are passionate about it that can provide the training before you go take the exam. And so at this point now, we're the, the ATPs, authorized training providers, are affiliated with RBLP, but we're completely separate. So we just support the training for them. And in order to be an ATP, you've got to earn the RBLP-T, Resilience Spinal Leadership Professional Trainer um, certification. And then you can apply to them to be an authorized training provider. Once they approve you to do that, you know, you've got to set up an LLC or some sort of business structure. Um, and then you can now be a certified uh, ATP to provide the training. Um, and then people would go take the exams to them. So uh, anyone that's uh, interested in certifications or passionate about resilience in general and building resilient teams and individuals, I definitely recommend checking it out. It's a great organization. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. And for those interested, even on the ATP side, they can uh, feel free to, to go on the website and learn a lot more about it. It's, it's, uh, it's been a great experience so far. Yeah, definitely. Look, I'm super excited. Uh, you know, like I said, we just got approved for it. Um, uh, look forward for, you know, for us to provide the same services uh, to help other people get certified in RBLP. Um, you know, so we, you know, mentioned, you know, you're uh, in the Army, you're an EOD bomb squad leader. Uh, after that, you were a sales, a sales leader, uh, you know, winning multiple awards. Uh, you're now involved with RBLP and, and now you're an authorized training partner to provide the training. Uh, but I think the, you know, the most important job that you have, right. Uh, mentioned before father of five, father of five, Luke, how do you do it, man? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. You know, so I know in your, in, in this podcast, you talk a lot about second service and what, what, I, what people have done after the military. And I'd say for me, that's where I'm most passionate is yeah. when we left uh, active duty and my wife and I decided that I was going to get out, we knew we wanted to start a family. So I actually have, not only are they, is there five of them, but they're all six and under. So we got <laughs> tons of little ones. We just had our fifth 10 weeks ago. So I have four girls. So the oldest is six, the twins are three, and then uh, the next one's two, and then the baby boy, is uh, 10 weeks old. And so um, we, we have an absolute blast. It's absolute chaos, I won't lie. Uh, but it's, it's really my passion. I'm, I love being a husband, love being a father. Um, and uh, that's where I, I really enjoy also mentoring and impacting others when it comes to fatherhood and, and marriage and navigating the challenges and the culture and society and everything that we face in today's world. Um, it's not easy. Anybody that tells you it's easy is, is lying because, you know, you're going to have tons of ups and downs and it's going to be tough, but it's uh, certainly something I'm passionate about. And I think it really aligns with RBLP and being a, and, you know, an ATP for that organization. Um, you know, the same things that we do in the work side as far as uh, leadership can apply in the home. And I right. think we don't do a good enough job sometimes of applying, you know, what we would do with my sales teams or what we would do at work. Um, with at home now it might not look exactly the same right because you're dealing with you know a different aspect a lot of those same principles though we need to apply as um, and I'm speaking like as a man as a husband you know we can apply those same principles in our house and hopefully positively impact our kids and apply it to you know how we lead our homes and, and impact the family so I really enjoy it really passionate about it love talking about it um, 
because I think every, you know, every day it's a challenge, right? It's like you wake up and there's, there's no end, end to it, right? You're always going to be a father. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you want to raise great kids that uh, go on and do great things. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's challenging. It's not easy. Yeah. So I think the key word that we mentioned earlier, right, is like just being resilient, resilient father. <laughs> and, uh, you, know, um, you know, I'm a father of two both under three, right? Uh, your father of five, all under six. Um, you know, you know, there's a lot of challenges that goes along with that, but what would you say has been like, you know, one of those biggest hurdles that you get, you and your wife have, have to overcome with, with five kids? Want to support an active duty owned brand? Head over to Fortis-Fidelis.com. Again, that's Fortis-Fidelis.com. And help us in honoring the brave and faithful service of our nation's defenders. All proceeds will help us create and provide memorial coins to the families of our fallen service members. Again, that's Fortis-Fidelis.com. And help Fortis Fidelis in honoring the brave and faithful. I think um, I think that one of the biggest things you have to do is um, be selfless, right? We live in uh, we, we constantly have to battle with wanting to do selfishly what we want to do versus what's better for the other person. And so I think that's what helps my wife and I the most. Whenever I'm being sacrificial in nature, right, and doing something because I know it benefits her or the kids, uh, and then vice versa, when she's doing things that are the same, that benefit either me or the kids, uh, that is, uh, that it goes a long way and it, it makes a huge impact. And it, it's, you have to remind yourself every day because naturally we, we wanna do what, what's, what feels good or chill, right? Or relax, or we don't wanna deal with it. So yeah. you have to remind yourself that all the time. And I think the big component of that is my wife and I, are, something that's really important for us is uh, the marriage comes first. So uh, I'm a big believer. And a lot of times I think we start putting our kids in front of the marriage. And in order to impact our kids, we have to uh, show them, right, the love that we have for each other. And we put our marriage in front of the kids and our relationship in front of them. Not, I'm not saying we like, you know, uh, ignore the children. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is um, there's actually research that's been done in homes when parents uh, prioritize the relationship first it actually impacts the children positively. So I would say for uh, people that sometimes think that they need to always cater to the kids, I would just encourage you, like you're actually having a positive impact on your kids when you're prioritizing your marriage and creating a healthy relationship because they see that, right? So there's this uh, um, quote that I really love by a guy named Justin Batt. He wrote a book called Daddy Saturday, but it's called Far, Far he says, far more is caught than taught. And I think that's really important because what it's getting at is that our kids catch what we do. They don't always catch what we say, right? You can teach your kids or say all, all kinds of things that you want them to do, but they're watching you. So if you want them to be physically fit or exercise, you know, I want to be out there and showing them, hey, dad's out there working out, right? If I want them to have strong morals and principles and values, well, then I better be showing them what that looks like, not just telling them. And I think that I constantly remind myself and my wife and I that if you know we want to impact our kids, they better see us doing it, not just hear us saying it to them. Um, so those are a few things that stand out for us that are easy to say, but 
uh, very challenging to do right every day. And you have to have people in your life that uh, encourage you to, to stay on top of those things. Yes. I mean, those are great points, Luke. Uh, I mean, from what I'm hearing, you know, being a selfless uh, leader and a father and also just leading by example, right. As, as the man of the house, um, like you, like you mentioned, not just talking about it, but actually showing, because, you know, you want to show that you and you and your wife are, you know, collaborative and working together, right. Um, to make the family stronger. Um, yeah, I love that quote. You said uh, far more is caught than taught. And yep. that was from the book, Daddy Saturday. Yeah, yeah. His book's called Daddy Saturday. Yeah, Justin Back. Awesome. Great, man. great guys. Made it, made, you know, I think that's the thing I'd add is find, find uh, mentors, digital mentors, maybe not even people you know, but people that can impact your life. He's a perfect example of someone um, that I've followed over the years and uh, even created a relationship with that has really helped me become a better father and a better husband. So it's important to find those people out there uh, that can impact your life in a positive way, but be, be careful who you're, who you're following, right? You want to make sure that it's, yeah. they're aligned with what you want to do and in, in your values. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so Luke, you know, uh, you know, speaking of fatherhood um, you know, we were talking offline uh, another project that you're kind of working on with um with a fellow father is uh, books, right? Publishing books. Uh, tell us a little bit about Kingdom Books. What is what is this, and what do you guys plan on doing in the near in 2022? Yeah, I'm super excited about this next year. So my friend Nate Davenport and I, we played baseball together. He's a, he's a father as well. Um, we've always talked about uh, doing a kids book, and we finally decided to put something together, and uh, we're excited to be launching one in 2022. So we established Kingdom Books, and really, um, we created our, our mission is to impact the lives of one, mil, one million children by equipping parents with positive, encouraging, and truth-filled books. And, um, you know, as him and I were talking uh, about, you know, raising kids and being a dad and a parent in today's world, it's not easy. Um, it's funny, like, when I talk to my parents, you know, they joke, like, hey, I, I don't, I'm kind of glad I don't have to be a parent right now with everything going on, you know? And I think it's important that, you know, dads and moms uh, really stand up and create uh, ways that we can influence kids in a positive way, right? With a truth-filled yeah. message that's uh, going to lead them in the right direction from a morals and value standpoint. And so, you know, one way I love writing and my, my uh, fellow father friend, Nate, loves too. So we thought, you know what, let's, let's make a book together on something that we're passionate about. And we have a New York Times uh, bestselling illustrator that we partner with that's going to be doing the, doing the illustrations. We're working on uh, locking in a publishing company right now, and we're excited to get that completed. We got the first draft of the cover back recently. Super cool. Uh, it's, it's incredible artwork. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting book. I think people are really going to enjoy it. We hope to have more books come out in the future um, after we launch this one. So that's a little bit about it. Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun and, uh, we're excited to, if anything, have a book to read to my children, uh, where we, where I can take that and impact their lives. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, I think that's kind of like one of my goals too here, uh, before, you know, I leave here is, you know, write a book, like a, like a children's book for, for, you know, one for my kids, uh, uh to read and kind of just be like, hell yeah, that's, my dad did that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like think, a legacy thing. Yeah, I would encourage everyone. So, you know, I, during, uh, during the quarantine, actually, 
uh, when everything was kind of shut down and we were just stuck inside, I took the time to, I had always wanted to write down my story in the military. You know, mm-hmm. my, uh, my grandfather, both grandfathers served during World War II timeframe and great uncle, right? And have different family members. And uh, a lot of that generation uh, didn't talk a lot about a different things. I think we hear a lot about that. And fortunately, we've gotten a lot of stories out over the years. Um, they had us have some incredible experiences. So I just think it's important that we get that story out. You know, everyone has a story um, and I wanted my kids to to know that. So I just took time and I, I put it on, a, you know, I'd wake up early in the mornings and it was kind of therapeutic, right? And I wrote down uh, my stories in a principle type of way, right? And I would take a principle and then talk about the military aspect and then talk about the civilian side or fatherhood side or work side and how it applies. And, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to actually do anything with it other than leave it for my kids. Uh, but I think, you know, I think it's important. And I hope someday when they're older and, you know, even I'm gone, that they can have something then, right, to reference of, you know, dad's dad's stories. And you don't have to have done anything crazy. Like, you know, I was, I mean, you don't have to have been in the bomb squad to have some really incredible stories that you can share of what you learned, you know, during your time in service, even whether you deployed or not, you know, you've experienced things that your kids I'm sure would love to know about what you did. So I would encourage anyone, even if you're not much of a writer, it's okay. Put those stories down and save it someplace, share it with your wife or your, you know, husband and your kids and let them kind of see that side of you and that, and it's, it's therapeutic and it's helpful. It really is. Yeah. And talking more about like creating and, you know, writing your own book, right? Uh, Luke, what's kind of like, what's one advice or one actionable step that you can provide our listeners or viewers if, if they want to, you know, eventually write a book and publish, you know, publish a book. Yeah, I think, um, well, I, I think at the end of the day, you got to start, right? I think that's the hardest yeah. part. Everyone's yeah. got this, like, I want to write a book someday, or I want to, you know, I want to do this. Uh, so you just got to sit down. And uh, the way I did it is like, set aside that time and say, okay, I'm going to write, you know, and set some sort of goal, one page, you know, a morning for the, for this, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to write this many words, or I'm going to sit down for this amount of time, whatever it is. Yeah. And then you just sit down and do it. And you just create a schedule and you just follow that schedule. And you're not going to be perfect. You're going to miss days. And, you know, but at the end of the day, if you just stay consistent over time and you just start writing down those stories and kind of create a calendar and follow it along, you know, you don't have to get it all done in, in, you know, a month, like it could be a six months, it could be a year, you know, you don't have to have it done right away. So I, that'd be the biggest advice is one, just start to set some set sort of rhythm for yourself over time that you can stick to um, that's realistic. Uh, and then and then start working on it. And, um, you know, as far don't worry about like it being perfectly edited and perfect English and all those yeah. things. There are so many resources out there. I mean, go on YouTube, and you can watch all kinds of different people telling you about how they publish their book and different editors that are out there. And there, we have so many things like Fiverr yeah. and all these different places out there where you can just send it to them and they'll start editing it, editing it for you. Um, you know, and even friends that you might have that are, are great in English, right. You can share it with them. So th- that's what I'd say is like, don't let it overwhelm you. Like it's totally doable. There's a lot of people out there that are self-publishing and it's really not even that expensive. If you want to do it just on your own, it's, it's, don't let it overwhelm you. It's possible. It'll take effort. Um, but you don't, and again, you don't have to publish it, right? It just depends on what your goal is with the book. Yeah. I mean, if just to share it with your family and have something as a legacy to leave behind to them, 
that's awesome, you know, to share with friends and family. Or maybe you want to write, you know, one of those crazy cool books and share it with the world. That's awesome too, right? Um, so I just would, that's what I would share to encourage people is don't, don't let it overwhelm you or think that it's not possible. Yeah, I think that, I mean, simple advice, right? It's, but it's, it's a vital, like if you want to do anything, right? Especially this time of year, people want to, you know, you know, list their goals for the upcoming year, right? Um, the most important thing is like, well, what are you doing? Like, what's one, what are you doing right now to get you to, you know, towards that goal? Um, I mean, simple thing is like, just start doing it. <laughs> start, stop talking about it and, you know, stop writing it down. Just start taking action towards it. So that's awesome, man. Um, Luke, so, you know, we talked a lot about, well, we talked a lot of uh, a lot of things about uh, about you today. You know, uh, EOD bomb squad leader, uh, sales uh, leader, uh, RBLP. Uh, you know, obviously, you, you know the books. Um, if you had to choose, you know, from all those things that you've done uh, as of now, um, what's one th one one thing you want our listeners our viewers to take away from this episode yeah i mean if they take anything i would away i would say it's coming back to kind of the story piece um I, i'm sure a lot of your listeners are uh, military or know people in the military and i would say that take the experiences and the story that you have your story and use that as an opportunity to help you in whatever you go uh whatever route or path that you go into um i I kind of refer to it as the perspective advantage. Um, I think that veterans or, or people that have served or even people that have done um, other things similar to that, right? It gives you a perspective in life, um, oftentimes early on, that most people just never, never have experienced. And you can take those experiences. And um, I was, I once heard this term, I didn't come up with this, but I think it's, it's, it's really um, profound is instead of referring to um, a lot of, we talk hear a lot about po post-traumatic stress syndrome, right? PTSD. Mm -hmm. um, but I heard someone refer to it as post-traumatic growth and trying to take those experiences, not that PTSD isn't a real thing. It really, it, it surely is, but take those experiences that you had in the military and grow from it, right? That's what it's getting at. You've been through a lot. You've done a lot of things. You have a certain perspective that many won't use that perspective to make a positive impact in whatever area that you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're in corporate America, it doesn't matter if you're a dad or a husband, or you know, you're just you're working, you know, a job within your community, whatever it is, you can take those experiences and, and people don't have that same perspective and they're appreciative of it, right? And you can use it um, in so many different ways. And that's what I always try to remind myself is. You know, even when I was starting off in that sales role, right, it was, almost feels like a lot of people I know when they've spent 20 years in the military, they feel like they're going back, right? They feel like they have to go all the way and start over. And sometimes you do have to kind of take a step back in some cases, but the benefit is you have this whole perspective now that you would never have had throughout all these experiences that's going to propel you to be able to do things that so many would not be able to do because of those experiences. So, um, That'd be kind of the big takeaway I tell people is take your story, take that perspective um, and, and let it propel you into some really awesome things that you want to pursue and don't let it hold you back and think that for some reason 
um, you know, you're not capable or not competent enough to do these things because you are without a doubt because you have a mindset that most people won't because of those experiences. Yeah, the last piece you said there, the mindset, right? Like uh, just from the experiences, like you mentioned, like experiences you've gained and you've gone through in the military, it's made you who you are today. And, um, you know, it's made you stronger as a person. And it's um, that'll take you um, just just from, you know, coming from military to the civilian sector, right? Like there's you have a lot of advantages, I would say, just the traits that you've developed over the time. So, um, so look, uh, going into the second segment of our podcast here. Um, so this is what I call the fast five. Um, so these are the same five questions I ask all my guests. Are you ready, Luke? All right, man. Um, first question, what's one hobby you enjoy? Yeah, I, I got to say my hobbies are very limited now with <laughs> five kids, six and under. But like I mentioned before, I, uh, I love woodworking. Uh, I love the, uh, the feeling of uh, putting something together and seeing something, you know, come out of that. So I've built and or built and built uh, tables, kitchen tables for a house end tables, uh, coffee tables, things nice. like that. Uh, I haven't done much lately just with how busy things are, but I'd say if I pick, you know, one fun, unique hobby that I like to do, it'd, it'd be that. You got like a garage full of all that stuff? Like quite yeah, a- you know, I'm not like, so I have friends that are real intense and actually okay. have woodworking businesses. I, I just enjoy, I just have enough to, you know, be able to do something in my garage and, you know, put things together. I, if you're looking, if you want to get into it and start something, get the Craig jig. I don't know if, if your listeners have heard of Craig jig, but I'm telling you, I swear by that thing. It's, it's awesome. And it'll make your life as just a, you know, as a, as a novice um, woodworker, you can figure out a lot just by getting the Craig jig and you'd be amazed at what you're going to accomplish. All right. So woodworking. Um, next, next question. If you had to choose one person to hang out with for one day, who would it be and why? One person to hang out with. Man, it's like the, the infamous question that I've heard so many times and there's so many routes I go. Well, uh, personally, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. And so um, I think, you know, someday when I die, I'm going to get to do this anyway and sit down with Jesus. But I would say I would love to, to sit down with Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, um, that's that's where my faith is. That's where my foundation comes from when I talk about these morals and values. So um, I'll go with that. Um, is sitting down, sitting down with uh, with him. Next question. <clears throat> Next question, Luke. Recommend a book for our audience to read. Yeah. So there's a parenting book. Um, that I'm working through right now that I think great is great. It's called Parenting with Love and Logic. I uh, forget the authors off the top of my head, but Parenting with Love and Logic. And it, um, I mean, it's like what it sounds, right? It really gives you a lot of applicable things in just day-to-day parenting that you can apply. Um, and I like those types of books where you can take things that you read and walk right out the door and, and just use apply it. it. Yeah, so it's got a lot in there, a lot packed into there. Parenting, again, that's parenting with love and logic. Yep. All right, got to check that out. Um, next question, uh, what's your favorite quote and why? My favorite quote? Well, I'll go with one that my dad drilled into me as a kid. Uh, it's, it goes, don't tell me how rough the seas are, just bring the boat to shore. And uh, uh. got that from Lou Holtz. And so it's, uh, 
whenever I was doing, whenever I was complaining, right, as a kid, whatever it was, he'd have me do something. He'd always, you know, yell out, don't tell me how rough the seas are. Just bring the boat to shore, right? It's basically saying, don't complain, get the job done. And, you know, I think a lot of times <laughs> we as, even now as adults, we need to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So it's always resonated with me and I catch myself now, you know, using that quote with my kids, like, let's not complain and let's get the job done. That's awesome. I, I haven't heard that, but yeah, that's, that's a great quote. <laughs> um, last question, Luke, where do you see yourself in a year, five years, or even 10 years from now? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm excited about the children's book stuff that we're doing. Um, so I'd like to continue in my uh, sales career and the leadership side of, of what I do now but also pursue ways to impact people um, and fathers yeah. and parents out there um, through doing the RBLP um, authorized training uh, partner portion, but also doing the children's book side of things and really um, continue to encourage and build up uh, resilient families and individuals and fathers out there. And so there's you know a lot of fun things that I have planned in the next five to 10 years that I hope can have come together. Um, but uh, I think you set the vision and then you create the strategy, right? And do day-to-day -day things that hopefully propel you there. But um, like I said before, I think some, I believe that, uh, you know, it's God's timing and not my timing. So I come up with a lot of uh, great ideas and plans and visions and I'll work my butt off towards them. But at the end of the day, you know, it's his timing and, and his plan and I'll adjust where I need to. But uh, it's going to be exciting year ahead, man. I'm really looking forward to it. All in God's time, Luke. All in God's time. Um. Yeah, look, appreciate you again for, for coming on and sharing a little bit about your story, uh, you know, from all the things that you've been doing uh, since leaving the Army. And, you know, especially, you know, as, as, a, as a father, um, you know, and, and what you're doing, you know, with the book coming out uh, in 2022. Uh, best of luck to you and, and your, um, your, your partner with that. Um, one final thing, where can our audience, where can they follow you or where can they support you in your ventures? Yeah, sure. You can find me on uh, Instagram at the Luke Freshwater. You can also find um, kingdom, find it uh, kingdombooks.us on okay. Instagram and Facebook. Would love uh, for you guys to follow us and support us and uh, be on the lookout for the book that they'll be launching later in 2022. Awesome, man. Uh, can't wait for that to come out. Make sure to grab a copy. And uh, again, thank you for, for all that you do, Luke. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Awesome. Hey, everyone. Raiden here. I just want to thank you for listening to our podcast. And make sure you guys go check out our website, fortist-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortis hyphenfidelis.com and learn how you can help us support in providing these memorial coins to the families of the fallen and make sure you guys go follow our social media on facebook frts fdls again that's frts fdls and on instagram and twitter at frts underscore fdls Again, that's FRTS underscore FDLS. And make sure you guys go subscribe, review, and leave a comment on our podcast on all the podcast platforms. Till then, 
Take care.